podcast that's perfectly balanced as all things should be. I'm your host, Max Mosier, here today to continue wondering, praying, yelling, crying, all the emotions around Secret Invasion, episode two, the newest show on Disney+. Plus. I cannot do this without my great pontificator himself. He is the peanut butter to my jelly. It is Mark Jones. Mark, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm glad to be here again, to pontificate, to take our wind boat into the weeds, maybe get lost for a bit, maybe a few hours, maybe one, two, or three, or five. Who knows yeah. what the night will bring us. This is going to be a really, really big one, man. I'm, I'm, oh, oh, I, got, I got to stop you. You text me this morning and be like, have you watched it yet? It's like, I work an eight to five job. Like, oh yeah, I, I watched it. I was, <laughs> and, yeah. and you're like, I gotta, you got to watch it. I got to show you something. Okay, so I, I, like, I oh. we're at football camp this week for Prior Lake football. And I was hanging out at Marshall's uh, SMSU, go Prior Lake Lakers, as they just finished up their fourth practice this evening. And I got to watch it this morning because we didn't have breakfast till 10 a.m. So got to check that out as I woke up, get a much later start to my day, which was nice. And yeah, I, I got to tell you, if this is your first time listening, also welcome. Sorry, we didn't welcome you properly. Max, Mark, we're a rotating cast of six. This show. <laughs> or five. He, yes. <laughs> it's six. And um, so. I I said this last week, but I'm pretty confident in saying this. This is the ultimate Mark and Max show. Like, this is the perfect anything, any theory you want to bring to the table can go. All of it plays. And this episode did not hold back at all. And so we are going to talk about this episode in a complete spoiler review. So if you have not watched the episode, this is your final warning because I can't wait any longer to talk with Mark. We do a Patreon show beforehand. You can check that out. Click the link in the show notes if you want to catch 30 minutes of bonus content on there. But from this point on, you're going to get spoiled. So this is your spoiler warning. This is... Prepare yourself. An Infinity Bros. Prepare yourself. Spoiler. Ah! Warning. And additionally, we are going to rate this show and rate specific characters, moments, things, ideas, etc., so, if you're unfamiliar with our rating system, we're going to put it right here. Here on the Infinity Bros Podcast, everything is ranked from a 0 to 6 point scale. 0 meaning horrible, and 6 meaning absolutely excellent. If all of the Infinity Bros rank something a 6, it gets an infinity snap. Secret Invasion, um, uh, Kyle Bradstreet is the uh, credited writer on this, Samuel L. Jackson, Ben Mendelsohn. Colby Smolders, Don Cheadle, um, Samuel Edwuni, um, Emily Clark, Emily Clark, or whatever. Yeah, Emily Clark. Thank you, Emily Clark. She just wasn't on my list here. Here we go. Um, have you noticed? I'm sorry, just no, interrupt, interrupt me. You. Go for it. Um, that Sam Jackson sits a lot. He loves to sit. I wonder if that's due. To, I wonder if that's due to his age, or does he have like, or while filming, did he have? He had that limp coming off the plane too, or the the ship. I wonder how much. Or is that like kind of what we're going with? Like he's always sitting because he's got that bum I leg. I feel like that bum leg's got a deeper meaning, and it's got something to do with the death of Talos's wife. But we'll find that out. Um, yeah, Don Cheadle makes makes an appearance in this one. We're not gonna break that one. You mean Skrull Cheadle? Well, let's let's talk about this. So 
Uh, Mark, we're going to go ahead and give our ratings to start for episode two of Secret Invasions. The synopsis reads, Fury grapples with the past and the present. Mark, go ahead and tell the uh, Infinity Rose Universe your rating and reasoning for episode two of, of Secret Invasions. Uh, a full six out of six. I thought this was pretty well done for an episode of on Disney+. Plus. It very much felt like I like I said in the last episode, like Cold War spy espionage, like right up my alley. Just so many twists and turns type of show, and they did a good job at mixing like over the top violence in this episode, and like some of the dialogue where they're like, "Oh yeah, here's all the people that died, women and children." They like very much emphasize like this dude ain't. The bad graphics, not a good redeemable guy. Um, but oh man, this it really it, this whole episode made me think like, who? There's way more scrolls. We find out there's way more scrolls than what we initially thought, and it just is like everyone's a scroll. That's basically what I thought. And like, and that's the other thing. Like, have they been reproducing too? Like, have has it only been a million scrolls in this world since? Who knows? We'll we'll talk about it. Well, they said fifteen be- fifteen years before, so we're saying twenty ten is when yeah. these million scrolls came. So so that that's the that's close to the beginning of of the Avengers assembling. <clears throat> No, we're definitely going to get into that, and, and, and there's there's so other like, information. I gotta stop. I gotta stop going. Yeah, yeah. There's other information in this that I want to break down individually, so I'm going to pause you there. A full six out of six from Mark, which is a high high rating. I am not going to give this a six to give it an infinity snap. Unfortunately, I still think this show. I think it, this show is very close. I'm giving it a five and a half out of six. I thought the first two episodes that the critics got to watch were tremendous. I think these are great episodes of TV. I really do. I would echo what you say. There's some great action in this, uh, specifically with these scrolls fighting the spies from the Russians. And I'm thinking of when the um, when um, oh, what's that scroll's name? Forgive me. I'm I'm thinking of when um, when the scroll puts him up on the meat hook. Oh, Gravik. Gravik puts him up on the meat hook. I was just very impressed with that choreography. Oh, it was so smooth. I would, I back you up on that. It was just like, oh, he just like, yep, yeah, there's the hook. He, he probably already processed where the hook was. He's like, oh, he's going up he, there. He's like a Black Widow version of a scroll. And I really like that. I like his arc right now. We talked about this last week on our episode one review. If you want to check that out, how just this feels like a villain that is formidable. This feels like a villain that might not die at the end of this season either, Mark. This this villain could be there long. Well, he could go hiding. And this feels like a guy who understands everything he's doing. He is the, he's a mix between Nick Fury and Black Widow as a scroll. He's just three steps ahead of everybody. He's incredibly gifted and talented, and he's got some stuff up his sleeve that we'll also talk about. Five and a half out of six for me. I do think the pacing is a tad bit slow. Not enough for me to make a complaint, but enough for me not to call the show perfect. See, I think that's where we just disagree. Like, I like a slow-moving show, so I think that's why I'm, I would grade this higher, mm-hmm. where it's like, yeah, you've said that in the past when we've done shows together, where it's like, if it's slow for you, you're it's like, that's going to be knocking points. To me, it's like, I like the soul burn. That's just me as a, as a, as a TV show. Sure, and it's show. a six-episode season, right? So that, I think, to me, is why I'm giving that feedback to it. I think I'm saying, like, hey, you know, 
if you're only going six, we kind of got to go a little faster than how this episode ended. We'll we'll talk about it, but like ending it with essentially finding out that Nick Fury is married to a scroll. Great twist. Awesome. But I think we got to get moving. I don't know if we can spend half of episode three on that, but I'm assuming that the plot will demand and a scroll that potentially is hiding that they're a scroll. I don't think she is. I think she, I think he knows it's her. So why'd she morph back into her human self? Good question. I, I think he knows she's a scroll, but we'll find out obviously for clarity. We also find out, uh, I, I'm not hundred percent sure on this, but I think she is Kingsley Benadir's mom, uh, Gravik's mom. I think that's the same scroll from the beginning of the episode. Cause what we learned when he was brought in that his parents were dead. Oh, so that, that scroll was not his mom. It was just somebody explaining the situation. Correct. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So it's somebody who is invested in him. I mean, it could be. It could be that scroll. Yeah. Should be like a surrogate mother to him, not the real mom, but a surrogate mother. So per se. So no, I I think there's a lot to be here. Here's the biggest thing, and, and we're gonna talk about this at the end of the show. I am full tilt. If you listen to the entire first episode of us talking about Secret Invasion, that there is a special introduction coming probably next episode. So. I'm just going to tease that at the end of this. We're going to call it Little Bits. If you've never heard our show, Little Bits is a rumor segment where we talk about a rumor. I want to call it that, and I want to just give you a heads up that if you don't want to potentially be spoiled, because I do think at this point it's going to be a spoiler, personally. Don't listen to that part, but if you're somebody who wants to go deep into the weeds with Mark and I... Does Nick Cage come back as the (laughs) Ghost Rider? No, actually, John Cena comes back as the Ghost Rider. But you can't see him. But you can't see him. Could you imagine if that was, like, what they did in this show? Like, (laughs) Nick Fury enlists the help of of Nick Cage's ghostwriter? You'd be be full tilt on that, right? You'd be full tilt. I'd be all in. I mean, hey, that ghostwriter show came out in the wrong era. That would have fit. Oh, my god! If it was made during... Oh he would have been word, a yes. perfect fit in this in this world if they Dude, came up. Dude, can you imagine just like the conservative political group right now? How much they would love that and Punisher? Oh, they'd eat it up right now. Well, Punisher's coming back in Daredevil, baby. Yeah, maybe. Uh, 1997, Fury meets a young Gravik and consoles him while giving a speech to Soren and the Scroll immigrants. He promises them to find a new home. What'd you think of this scene? Did you like the de-aging coming back? Again, it's amazing how Samuel L. Jackson looks like 30 years younger, like legitimately every time they do this. Yeah, I mean, they they did their CGI right here. Must not take a lot of time to do the de-aging stuff. No, the de-aging stuff is fascinating. What really made me think in this episode when they did this scene, first off, I thought it was going to be all flashbacks. So I was a little like, eh, I don't know about this. I kind of, anyways. Um, but I want to, like, I hope they kind of explain how and why Nick Fury was like, yep, yeah, never could find a place home for you. Just 30 years, couldn't, couldn't figure it out. Because it seems like, well, why not, like, try Mars out? Or, like, how is there not another planet that would take scrolls? Like, you had to give him a whole planet? Was that what was promised? Not, like, a spot, a piece of the pie? Again, and I, I get, think... and I love the commentary they had with, like, oh, you're not going to mesh well with the humans. Humans can't even mesh well with themselves, so. I, I really think you can't finish this season without answering this question. I also think, and we talked about this last week, the mental health side of the snap is it's evident that it's affecting Nick Fury. Oh, yeah, that's what I thought was great. Some of the scenes where it's just like the situations that happened was like this. This is like truly affecting him beyond what, you know, how we probably were reacted pre-snap. So 
Uh, we get to the present day after the bombing attack, and Fury learns from Talos that there are millions of scrolls living on Earth amongst the humans. And this is where th- there's two incredible dialogues in this episode. There's the, well, actually three. Actually, I think Olivia Coleman's dialogue with the scroll later is great too. Um, th- this one between Ben Mendelsohn and Samuel L. Jackson, two tremendous actors, letting them do their thing, acting and having a conversation and playing off each other. Mendelsohn, I'm I'm captivated by him when he's on the screen. And I'm so thrilled that he's in the show. When he breaks that news to Fury, it was like you it was the first time Nick Fury in the whole cinematic universe outside of maybe when he was snapped, that you were like, holy crap, he is not prepared at all for this. Loved it. I loved what I heard. I loved what I saw. I think it was a great reveal. I think it's a perfect reveal to just pile on to what happens at the end of episode two. We get Fury apologizing to Maria Hill's mom. You're just seeing the deck be stacked against Fury before the episode four or five, maybe episode three being where he starts to reload and get ready to fight back. We saw Marie Hill die. Do you think that we saw that at the beginning of this episode? This is one of those shows that you absolutely could make an argument that she's not dead and I am not going to fight you. Because we didn't see her in the... This is the whole thing where it's like, is this is this Fury's ace in the hole? Is like, we got to pretend Marie Hill's dead. Because like he, w- he was taken by Talos before he... Because I think he would have taken her body. Well, and Winter Soldier, his doctors save his life in that one. Who's to say that Nick Fury didn't have somebody planted in Moscow? I also have... And we'll talk about this at the end. I think the ace in the hole is somebody else. And we'll talk about that later. So I want to save that for the end of the episode for our audience. And um, it angered Fury parts ways with Talos after and we talked about him meeting with uh, with his uh, Maria Hill's mom, Elizabeth, explaining the circumstances of her death. Another great dialogue. Here's where I will say you may have a fair argument on the slow pace in this show, Mark, is it feels like every conversation is a deep, thoughtful, well-written conversation with great back and forth and incredible, excuse me, incredible acting. It's It was this scene with Dick Fury and, and Murray Hill's mom, Elizabeth, where I was just like, oh, man, this is like, it gave me, like, feelings and, you know, deep down in the jellies, like this, like, dialogue where it's like, this mom's hurt, but this mom's like, you better not F with the legacy of my daughter, and you better make sure what what she sacrificed is dealt with because yeah it was like oh it felt like the opening scene in civil war where tony meets the mom of the boy that dies in or the the young man excuse me that dies in um uh age of ultron it felt exactly like that scene like that that's why i think maria hill's dead mark because i think that takes away the emotional gravity of the story to have her resurrected or come back i think fury's main motivation in this one is going to be obviously fulfilling his promise to the scrolls but he's gonna have to live with that shame and regret but the motivating factor to win this fight against gravic is maria hill's death and potentially the death of um of ross as well right i think it's not just that and potentially roadie who we'll talk about later as well he he may not be who we have thought he is well ross could be still like in a chamber He, he could he could either still be doing what he's doing or he's, like, in that facility. Uh, as the United States is implicated in the bombing attack, Gravik meets the members of the Scroll Council who express disapproval for his actions. I want to pause here. There is several different scenes of TV outlets and famous people speaking against all this, and then they're all in the same room to be revealed as Scrolls. 
Mark, you are the biggest conspiracy theory person I know. How much did this scene warm, warm your heart? Oh, it was like, this is like the scroll Illuminati. That's what it made me feel like. I love it's that. All yeah. the, it's all these talking heads that their whole goal is, is both control and disassembling societies to make them grabble and grovel with each other. Cause it was like all these different talking heads with different political views that just divide people. And I, I loved it. I love that they're all playing a part and they all have secret agendas. So I'll be, what did you think of the AI fight about the, the opening credits? Did you think the AI argument of like, Oh, how dare they take that away from artists was as bad as you think it is? Because like, I felt after watching two episodes and seeing this scene we're talking about that the Secret Wars directors and writers were saying, no, this is just kind of our observation of society right now. of What is real? What is not? What's being generated AI? Like, I know that's more of an episode one conversation, but what did you think of that in hindsight now that we've had a week to kind of process people complaining and being frustrated about that? Well, I guess my main thought is, I mean, yeah, I think it fits with the show, but just AI being, you know, used more and more to take, you know, physical jobs away from people is just leading to uh, more wage uh, gap in our society. So I guess, I don't know, taking food off the table from people that need food versus, you know, these corporations and big companies are just, you know, basically cutting costs by not having the human element anymore. So like, where's, where's the line drawn? as a society. Yeah, I agree. And I think that this show is making those conversations. Like we go back to like the political dissension about how all these different news organizations are technically working together. And these politicians are hating each other in person, but working together on the side. Well, I mean, if you want to get right on the point with stuff like that, you just look at this sub thing where, you know, the U S Navy is like, yeah, we knew it blew up on Sunday. And then we let on, for four days in the news cycle and then all this shit happened in our country and world that's going on that just shadow us so it's like and not to get super political or conspiracy theory but it's like that's been happening for years people so it's like and we as a society we just keep moving along because we don't have uh, the will or desire to overthrow our country because it would be impossible these days. So <laughs> Mark wants us to overthrow the country. You came for a secret invasion conversation. Mark came to disassemble. And I gave you story. a secret invasion story. <laughs> <laughs> Mark loves his country. Happy July 4th, everybody. Okay. Um, uh, and this is what's interesting. So Shirley Sagar, who refuses to submit and, and is left unharmed, yeah, that was wild. I was like, I thought Gravik was going to, like, give us a little, here's some Groot arm and, like, choke her out or something like that. Well, one thing I do know about this character of Gravik is two things. One, he's calculated, so he's got a plan for her. So either he knows he's going to call Talos and he feels like he's setting up a trap, or he really does love the scrolls. And I think he is more, I think he's just not going to kill a scroll unless he absolutely has to. I he's the General Zod of of the mcu yeah he just that's a really actually fair comparison i think he really doesn't want to kill his species i think he's just like abhorrent to humans i think he's like whatever i don't want anything to do with them and so i think i think that's a good way to put it but so she calls um talos talos says let's set up a meeting with him so i can talk about my daughter we're getting that storyline again it is interesting to watch in the 1997 scene gravik and gaia kind of both be at the same moment 
in similar paths. Like Gaia lost her dad for that long season. Um, whereas like Gravik is is coming from a season of losing his family and how they're working in those paths. I think they're nice foils to each other. It'll be interesting to see how the story lines up with them at the end. In London, Fury meets with Colonel James Rhodes. And if 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 you're somebody who likes Twitter, if you type in Secret Invasion, everything on the top page for Secret Invasion was talking about this conversation, Mark. So this is a conversation with James Rhodes, who plays Rhodey. He gets a scene with uh, the this UN council, and he's making a joke about bombing Slovakia because they're getting after him. And he is explained the scroll threat, th- threat from Fury. To Fury's dismay, Rhodes gives him a military discharge and says, I've known about these things for 15 years. Mark, you and I have said this for several years that we think the prime candidate to be a scroll is James Rhodes, Rhodey. Today, what is your current percent odds if you were setting the odds of percentages of him being a scroll after this dialogue? Yeah, I know I joked in the beginning that he's a scroll, but I almost wouldn't be surprised if he's the red herring to be a scroll. And everyone's like, yeah, he's a scroll. He's definitely a scroll. And he turns out to not be one. So, like, I'm still, like... I, I still lean that there's a better percentage that he is, but it's it's went down since last week after this dialogue. It just made me feel like... You feel like it's too on the nose. Yeah, it's too on the nose. It's too... It's like, oh, oh this wouldn't be a surprise anymore. But we'll see. Are you making the implication that the writing is really good on this show? Is that kind of what you're, you're saying? You're like, I think this writing's too clever. Not, not that we're, like, trying to pump the tires of the show. Oh, I, I think it's... Yeah, I think you're spot on. I think... Without saying it, yeah, I think this is, they're doing great. It's clever. It's it's on point with the whole concept of the show. So just hopefully, hopefully the plane keeps flying. Yeah, that's so funny you say this because I think going into the show, I was like, I'm going to, I tweeted this. I'm going to be more surprised if Rhodey isn't a scroll. I'm starting to get the same intention you are that like, nah, there's somebody else. Somebody really important is a scroll that's, that's going to catch us as a bamboozle. And like we talked about a Koye last week, potentially being one that would be a great candidate for her to show up. And that's an actress that could come in, in my opinion, and, and play the part right away. It would be crazy to see Wakanda have multiple scrolls that like the whole third one or like maybe whatever crossover is Shuri going like, I don't know who to trust. I, I need to go team up with Avengers and t- and work with them because I can't trust my people. I'm at the point where it's like, I don't know how they're going to involve these other characters. Yeah, the there story. has to be a longer play, right? Because, like, be the big play. shocks would be, like, oh, Bruce Banner's a scroll. Like, they somehow got Bruce when he was fixing himself, and that's why his arm's all better. It's because he's a scroll. Or, like you said last week, it's, like, Wong being a scroll. How, and how do, you, how do you replicate magic, right? How do you do that? That's a great question. The James Rhodes Fury conversation was great because it went way deeper in layers than I was expecting this conversation to go. I'm going to play this scene for you, Mark, because... The way that Rhodey says these things is intentionally ambiguous to make us wonder if he's a scroll. But your red herring argument is 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 fascinating. But there's also the deeper layer of blackness, I think, for these two characters in this. I, I, I want to play it because I couldn't find the script. Well, it, it's it. because of this dialogue is why I think he's not a scroll. Yeah, so. let's let's hear it. I can't do it. Ain't no can't in our business. There's only what you can do and what you will not do. You're right. I should have said, I'm not doing it. I just spent all the political capital I had in getting Maria Hilton the Russians. Are you really talking to me about politics right now? 
I'm here as an envoy of the United States government, Fury. The job is political. I remember when your job was protecting the planet. We protect the planet by protecting our seat at the table. Are you forgetting who helped you get your seat at the table? Oh, so I owe you now? Is that it? We owe each other. Men who look like us don't get promoted because of who our daddies know. Every ounce of power we wrestle from the vice grip of the mediocre Alexander Pierces who run this world has earned in blood. So let's make the power mean something. Help a brother out. Carl's outside, Colonel. Colonel Rose will let you know when he's ready to go. The car's for you, Fury. These men are going to escort you outside, then you're going to the airport. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know I had travel plans. I made them on your behalf. Have you even listened to a word that I said? Yeah, I have. The world is on the line. The enemy is a million times more dangerous than Hydra, but they can only be vanquished by you, alone. And you want me to make the power mean something by helping a brother out. But you should know better than most. The reason we wrestled this power from mediocre men who don't look like us was not simply to turn around and hand it to mediocre men who do. The point of this power is to be uncompromising, to be unsparing, to be able to sit across from a man we greatly admire, with whom we share an entire professional, personal, ancestral history with, and to tell him without any reservation that he's fired. That's what this moment right here Right. So the, what was interesting about this line, Mark, was the personal, professional, emotional, and ancestral line. Like, he absolutely could be a scroll from 1997, and he's literally looking Fury in the eyes and referencing what happened. Also, I cut, the, I cut it off before that, but this is Don Cheadle's best scene in the entire MCU to date. This one four-minute scene, and I tip my hat to him. I did not expect him to have a huge role in this. I expected him to be like, a, oh, I'm a scroll, twirling my mustache kind of role. And this totally brought layers to it that was fascinating, and I think the conversation that they're having was interesting too, and I think it really works in the scroll and human conversation that, that could potentially be taking place or not taking place. What are your thoughts on it? Sorry. It's interesting. I, I want to go back to when he was sent to that UN thing. Like He says in that like, yeah, he's not uh, an advisor or whatever, like, you know, an ambassador or whatever. So it's interesting, like, yeah, why did they send Rhodey? But then he says he volunteered to come right. here because he he wanted to fire Nick Fury, which then, you know, leads towards, like, well, maybe he is a scroll because if you take Nick Fury out of the way, then he won't have all the, you know, the, the power to, like, really fight this. But then it's also shocking that... Um, like just on the show standpoint that yeah he discloses that he knows about this but then doesn't see it as a threat or you know as big of a threat as Nick Fury does so it makes, makes me think like well if he's a scroll then yeah that makes sense why he's doing what he's doing or do, do they have an agenda that they're working with scrolls as US or is the ancestral comment maybe both Nick Fury and him are scrolls that's well, I don't think I think the ancestral comment is just speaking to like, hey, our ancestors have ties to you specifically. Like you oh, yeah. could even be a younger scroll of like, I am tied to Nick Fury. And and, and I I just thought it was such a well-written scene. Uh, unbel it, it was so ambiguous. And this is how this show feels, Mark. It's just 
every scene you're kind of looking like are you telling the truth are you lying are you a scroll are you a person i think this this is such riveting dialogue and the pace may be slow for me but it seems like this where it just pays off in spades and uh i i really was this this is the best scene of the show to date in my opinion i think don Cheadle, great job great great job i'm looking forward to more stuff he does um i also loved the line of even when i'm out i'm in from 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 nick fury that was so badass there's just no other way to put it and i really enjoy his character i just think it's great then we get to agent fallsworth who arrives at a butcher shop where the scroll brogan is imprisoned after his safe house was found she interrogates him by cutting his thumb off and realizing that he's a scroll. She injects him with a warming uh, chemical that warms his body. Who do you think she called to get to become the person that's interrogating with, you know, torture this? <coughs> Dude, she is so awesome. I am so all in on her character, Mark. I can't even tell you. And she knew, she knew instantly this is a scroll. That's why I thought when, it was wild. When this is all done... I think she's going to be the one that takes over Saber, by the way. I think that's the plan right now is put that character in the, in the, in the Saber posture. Once this secret invasion, whether it takes years to take care of or this season, I look, I'm looking at her taking over Saber with S.H.I.E.L.D. because she seems to me to be the only person that anybody can trust in this show. And she's nuts. And I love how she just so... Olivia Coleman is just so chill she's just like la da 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 she's like not scared at all of anything that's going on and i thought it was clever that like oh we'll just cut off your finger to find out if you're a scroll what a great what a great system mark this is a great system we finally have our system to identify scrolls and that's how you find out who's a scroll or not that'll be really awkward when somebody gets their finger cut off and they're just not a scroll <coughs> uh excuse me sir <laughs> i'm sorry i owe you a pinky good sir uh then gravic uh gets into the fight chases her and this is where we get the great scene where gravic hangs the russian on the on the meat hook we talked about that earlier well choreographed scene she escapes he <clears throat> he asks um brogan if he told anything brogan said he lied and then gravic goes and shoots him out in a field and i thought that showed him being really really frightening and then gravic goes back to his testing area with the scientists and i'm gonna pause on this because I want to save this part for the end because this does get into my theory. So we're going to just glance over that. And then <laughs> he puts... Gra gra uh, we'll, we'll come back. We'll come back. We'll, we will come back. That is very important. And then Nick Fury returns to his home where he's greeted by his wife, Priscilla. Now, on the Wikipedia page I'm reading this from, it says she's secretly a scroll. Does Fury know she's a scroll? Does he not? I don't know. I lean towards she doesn't. Or he doesn't. Because we, Which cause we would get be that the ultimate scene. bamboozlement. Because what we get is in that scene is like we see her cutting food as a scroll. He gets home. He walks into the kitchen. She's she's human face. So, I'm leaning towards he doesn't know his significant other, his spouse, who he's married to, because he puts on a ring once he gets inside. That he's married to a scroll, and I think. This is going to be even more telling if we get more flashbacks, because I think we will, that the scrolls have been infiltrating everything on Nick Fury to stay ahead of Nick Fury on when they're ready to attack. I hope that's the reality, Mark, because I think this makes the story way better. 
I just don't, I don't buy that he doesn't know because it's Nick Fury, but we'll find out. So I think it's ambiguous, and that's, again, what this show does so well. It makes me wonder on the little stuff, just as much as the big stuff. I have to fight you on that because if he, if he knows, why did she change into a human form? Because he's a human and he wants to, he wants to kiss a human. I don't know. I don't think that matters. I don't think okay. he right. he worked with them from the mid nineties. Yeah. I don't think that matters. It's like if all right, he, okay. they take their human form when they're warriors. Okay, Mark. Okay. <coughs> Remember Fine. that. So then they Fine. won't know the difference. They literally gave, they okay. peppered that to us in the first episode. You're right, Mark. Fine. Don't clip that. All right. And then let's go back and let's go back now to the scene before this. So Gaia secretly discovers that Gravik is building a machine for the purpose of strengthening the scrolls. A scientist couple named Dalton is involved. Mm hmm. Gaia secretly discovers that the scrolls are experimenting on various alien samples like Groot, the Frost Beast, Cole Obsidian from Infinity War, and the Extremist Project. Additionally, there is a name on the screen that Gaia references, and I'm going to go ahead and say, if you do not want to be spoiled about potential things coming up, Thank you for listening. We're glad you're here. We're going to pontificate about those things moving forward. We hope to see you guys next week for episode three. I'll give you guys a second to check that out. But the name on the screen that really caught my attention and sent me full tilt uh, was the name of Mr. Lincoln Campbell, who was a deceased member of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., now, there's a lot of rumors going around, and last week on our episode, we talked about Daisy Johnson returning as Quake in this show. I now believe, Mark, that Dalton, the couple, is Fitzsimmons. I think Fitzsimmons is that couple, and I think that Quake is indeed coming back, and that's what Nick, that's Nick Fury's ace in the hole in all this. And it gets even more kind of crazy as you dive deeper into things like Disney plus right now, uh, the road to secret invasion. One of the sections that Disney plus is, is pushing you to is, is currently agents of shield, which is considered MCU canon. All of it. That's just my opinion. I'm saying Max's opinion is that is MCU canon. Cause then there's a ghostwriter that exists. That's what I'm saying. MCU. I'm, saying I'm all right with it. And then, <clears throat> but also agents of shield, the homepage so, like, on the top part of the DC, uh, the, the Disney Plus thing, if you scroll past Secret Invasion, you'll see Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That is popping up as well. And then, finally, the last scene of the show. The last scene of the show has the group sitting together, and they're talking about an incident taking place in, guess where, Mark? Moscow. Moscow. It is my belief that these rumors are indeed true. It is my belief that Daisy Johnson is returning. I don't know if the whole cast is returning. If this is all just not like coincidence or like, oh, Kevin Feige, what should we do here? Oh, oh we, we we did something in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to throw them in. Yo, we'll put some Easter eggs in, yeah. But if this is written on purpose and Kevin Feige's like, oh, we'll come back to this at some point. So just just do this, end it like this, and body boop will put a bow on it. And people will just be like, okay, this is, this is a fun show for a bit, and they'll never talk about it again. Um, but if this is all intentional and all and all the stuff was intentional, this is some 
good universe building, I tell you. Well, and it's multiverse building as well, right? You're trying to bring everything in. I, I've I've said last week, and I'll say it again pretty much every week, that I think Kevin Feige is trying to get every piece on the board that's ever been made. I think that's his goal. And I think the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. have a strong... I really liked this show, Mark. I didn't watch... I didn't watch... You didn't watch the last, last two season. seasons? <laughs> I didn't watch the last two seasons, but I, I watched up to the last two seasons and really liked it. And they did a lot of good things. And... I think Daisy Johnson's character is great and I would love to see her in it. And, and even if it's just like a, Hey, we're not doing exactly what ABC did, but we're bringing these actors back similar to what they're doing with Matt Murdoch right now. I'm all in on that as well. And I, this just makes sense to me right now, Mark. He's, he's Rhodey. Well, it could be Rhodey. Maybe and this is where I think he could be a scroll asking about the Avengers to get more samples for the big machine. Potentially. Um, I, they're not putting the Avengers on the board. So who's going to, somebody has to come help Nick Fury. He cannot beat all these people alone. I just, I don't think that's possible. He always has an ace in the hole. I think this is the perfect group of people to support him. And I think this will get the fans excited. And I do think this would push them back to agents of shield. I think this is a great marketing play as well to get people on Disney plus. Do you think, um, or do you know, this is a better question. Is there anything scrolls can't turn into? Like, is there is there going to be something found out? Like, oh, scrolls can't turn into Inhumans. Yeah, that's a good question. Maybe. I mean, they can replicate pretty much anything. Well, I mean, that's what like I in the original is. Fantastic Four, the first set of scrolls that ever came, they became cows and they lived in the field the rest of their life. So, like, I, I don't know if they go that far, but yeah, that's a great question there. But here's the other point too, because Mark. they come because he Nick. I think was it Nick Fury that said it. Like, I can't call the Avengers because then they'll turn into them and become they'll be turned into terrorists basically that's what i'm saying like they'll i think they have to see them right like they have to be face to face with them to do that but i don't know it's that's a good point it's a great question i think that that question might be answered as well but here's the other thing mark they're making super scrolls super scrolls and they're taking a happy accident that is all these characters that just happen to have the same power set as as the fantastic four them revealing this to us i i like if they're gonna do a flashback scene i want to see them harvesting and grabbing these pieces like yeah like i like how do they get grouped dna or stuff like i like where did that happen there is more evidence the the more i watch this show that there are a lot of scrolls in wakanda like a lot of scrolls in wakanda or peter quilt a uh a scroll and came back Nah. And that's why, he, and that's why he nah, came back to Earth. Regarding his galaxy or scrolls, I don't buy that. Well, how did we you get some? You, you can't how how do we? How do we get? How do we get some Groot? How do we get some Groot DNA? Mark, how did that happen? How? I'm not gonna let it happen. How? Work. How did we get Groot DNA? He was on Wakanda for a handful of minutes, nah, and I then he was and there, then the bamboozled. Sidian was in. In I think they're all on Earth. They could get it all. Stop. Grow up. Um, no, I, I think this show, man, I really do think Daisy Johnson's coming back. I would love, I, I think too, Maria Hill dying would give those guys reason yeah. to come back or come out of the shadows. Like if they've been hiding, Nick Fury's not, um, the director anymore. That was my other question to you is in this post blip world, is there even an agents of shield anymore or have, they I think so. Cause they did save, they did save the world from the big apocalypse. And then they came back. I think it'd be really cool to have them come back or just bring the same actors back, but have this be a different timeline version of it. And that's okay too. And I think you're still honoring the agents of shield fans by doing that. Heck you could have Colson come back. I mean, no, honestly, you could just be like, Oh yeah. You know, 
going back to the flash, the spaghetti, you know, thing where yeah. it's like, at this point, this is where season two went off to, but like, you know, before, or I mean, the second to last season, but everything, po- you know, pre this is like those characters still just like these, these few things didn't happen. And MCU can do that. I'm forgiving of that. We forgave them for, for putting Don Cheadle in there uh, as, as the new Drody. Like, well, we don't have to apologize. We don't have to forgive them that. Terrence Howard wanted more money and didn't want to sign. That's on him, I'm just bro. Saying. That's not I'm on just Disney. Saying. Can you imagine Terrence Howard in these roles right now? He would. I don't think he would have done what Rhodey did. I really don't. I think, on an acting level, Sheetal is. Uh, I think you could say superior, but I think, I think Terrence Howard would have still brought a good energy. It would just been different. Yeah, Cheadle. Cheadle's the man. Cheadle is the man. No, no doubt in my mind. Also, Mark, before we close out, uh, we did get confirmation that it is just a cultural thing of the heads going together because they did that in the 1997. Fury was mm-hmm. doing the head thing with everybody he met. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I do think that Nick Fury is Nick Fury. So. We'll see. So, we'll see. We'll find out. So. We'll find out. Any other theories or close. things you want to note before we go? Um, I kind of thought in this episode, and just bear with me, that... I'm sure it won't happen, but I really felt like, are we going to get a mutant in this? Is that what's going to happen? I don't know. I mean, you teased it in Miss Marvel. So, like, why just leave it there? Because they, cur- yeah. they clearly exist in this world. So. I don't know. Because this would be, be a perfect time to tease it, whether it's a scroll or not. So This would be nice for having Mystique, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I do have one theory. Maybe that's the ace in the hole. Yeah. I want to have one more theory before we go that I think is really interesting. And I think will make people think this comes from at MCU scene on Twitter. They write similar to the intros of the shows. uh, I'm sorry. Similarly, the intro shows a peaceful natural world and then a nuclear bomb explosion. This shows scroll planting bombs all over the world and triggering triggering a war between every country which leads to nuclear war. What if the show, what if they show the French soldiers attacking the Wakandan ship? The French soldiers from the Wakandan, uh, from Wakanda Forever 2. What if they are scrolls? What if those French representatives were scrolls and they were after Wakandan tech by sending real human soldiers against Wakandan tech? This could result in World War III. This would also, sh- uh, this would also prove credence to the theory that Kang will try to stop World War Three because World War Three establishes his empire and saves humanity. Like, there's a theory going around right now that the end of this season will have some connection potentially to Kang. Obviously, the Jonathan Major stuff is wild, or the the New World stuff because you know, no, no, it's no longer New World Order for Captain America. It's Brave New World. Yeah. So. Yeah, dude, bro. It's like, is this connecting to Kang somehow? Will this connect to the Thunderbolts or the Captain America movie? Oh, but you would think it's probably going to connect directly to what's going to happen in the Marvels. I think it's going to connect to Marvels and Brave New World. I think you're you're spot on with that. And I, I that could be also Rhodey what we see at the end of this. Than the president is the president's going to be well, that. Scroll, well, I guys. said that in the last episode, right? Where I was like, and that's how Thunderbolt Ross just like takes takes like do we know what his position now is in the government maybe he's vice president for all we know i don't know but i I, that it wouldn't surprise me if harrison ford showed up in the show or one of these things where it's like you know you know the whole hierarchy of like who you know if these people get knocked out then this person's president 
it could be like this whole list of people are all scrolls, and the person we find out that's not a scroll is the Thunderbolt Ross. That's and they a really do, and they do the thing off. where it's like cut my finger off, and he does that, and then bam. Yeah, maybe they make all these politicians cut their finger off to prove it. That would be really cool, right? I, I think or, there's or, some really, or they figure out some way how you can detect scrolls, which I don't think will happen. But yeah, because they show they showed us a cutting off. They show this her cutting off the finger on purpose. Yeah, there's a reason for that, right? Because that was pretty that was pretty graphic for a DC or a Disney Plus show, dude. Right? <laughs> pretty doggone graphic. Like it I wasn't agree. just cut and like no blood. It was cut and and blood. Like it was like yeah, this is this show's real. So. What everybody wanted Moon Knight to be is what that scene was. Yeah. I mean, Moon Knight was so violent, but not like graphic. It wasn't that violent. It wasn't. So great episode. Uh, Good to have you on. Mark, thank you for coming on today. Hey, I'm always glad to come with you. Thank you, Infinity Rose Universe, wherever you listened, however you listened. Thanks for making this part of your podcast experience. If you like Magic the Gathering, we encourage you to check out our Facebook, Instagram, social, social media pages. Click link in our bio. Come check us out on Discord. Come check us out on TikTok. Come check us out on Twitch. We'd love to make you have a wonderful time. And I don't know what I'm saying. I'm just speaking gobbledygook. I'm trying to promote our content, but it's coming out weird. So I'm just going to say we'd love for you to join us in your content smorgasbord and consider making us part of your extended universe because we'd like you to be part of our extended infinity bro universe. As always, we'll live you guys 3000. We'll talk to you soon. See ya. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Infinity Bros Podcast. You can find the Infinity Bros on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Infinity Bros. Feel free to send listener feedback via email at infinitybrospodcast at gmail.com.